Thanks for clicking on the video. Hit us with a like on Facebook, a subscribe on YouTube, a follow on Instagram. You can find us at Homie and the Dude. That is at Homie and the Dude. Thanks again. Enjoy the video. All right, what's up, guys? This is episode 30 of Homie and the Dude. And we have a special guest, Bodie Harrison, who is the leader of the One Wheel Freestyle Movement. Um, we're looking forward to really getting into uh, freestyle one wheel and also uh, a bunch of other extreme sports that Bodhi's really into. Um, we just talked about Bodhi and Bodhi. Uh, <laughs> first time we've had uh, two Bodhis in the same room, definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll be kicking it with that in a second. First, just a quick shout out to our guest, Beast.Kitchen. Sponsor. Our, our sponsor. <laughs> Beast.Kitchen. Um, they are the badass vegan option in Bristol, England. They have uh, actually a cutoff date, a cutoff time in about two hours for a dinner tomorrow night that's smashing. It's a big old sandwich. So if, uh, if you're up for it, go to V-Stock Kitchen. They've got some awesome um, vegan food. Great. All right. Bodie hey. Harrison, what's up, man? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Um, dude, so I know that from like a, a young age, you've been all over the place with board sports you've done like a bunch of stuff throughout your life but what was the what was the first one that you started with was it was it skateboard snowboard where where did it all begin where did the love start um, it it's definitely skateboarding and snowboarding um mm -hmm. i grew up i got lucky i grew up with a dad a rad dad a shredder dad um nice. he used to skate with like the z boys back in the day grew up in santa monica skating surfing wow moved out to Colorado in college, started snowboarding. So when I was a kid, like as soon as I could kind of stand freely on my own, my dad would take me up with him snowboarding and put me in between his legs and I'd hold on to his knees and just stand underneath him. And we just go snowboarding and ride around and he'd push me around the hall in our house. Um, when I was like four, maybe five, he, we were skateboarding around and he like fell on top of me and broke my collarbone like I've I, <laughs> skateboarding and snowboarding is all I've ever known like my dad grew grew me up on it really early um and then over time it splintered out from skateboarding and snowboarding and I've you know over the over the years found a bunch of different board sports that that uh tickled my fancy and just kind of messed around with a bunch of stuff that's awesome dude so uh, how did your mom feel about the broken collarbone <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, I'm sure like, I'm sure once she knew she was going to have kids with my dad, she knew that we were going to be shredders and she knows yeah. that shredders get hurt. So yeah. they're definitely, uh, that was probably like the first real injury I had. And then it was just one after another after that. So that's kind of just the first the beginning. Nice. That's absolutely awesome, man. So um, you, you said your dad skated with the Z-Boys and stuff. That's absolutely, that's a huge influence, dude. That's like, that's the most OG of the whole, the whole, like whole storyline that it's out there. So uh, that must have been a huge influence on you, and I, I assume um, that's probably what a lot of what inspire, inspires like your style and, and and the way that you are on the board as well. Um, so you went on to like skating and snowboarding. Now, um, what then took you across to electronic one wheels? What what was the transition point, and how old were you when that kind of went down? Um, well, it was 2015 or 2016. I was a teenager at that point. I was like 16 or 17. Um, and I, at that time had gotten into whitewater stand-up paddleboarding, um, oh, shit. Nice. 
which is super fun. And it's like a low key, super low key sport. Um, a lot of people don't even know about it, but it's pretty uh, popular in Colorado. So we have tons mm -hmm. of rivers out there. Um, so out in Colorado, we were at Paddle Fest, which is a whitewater event they put on every year in Buena Vista, uh, this beautiful mountain town. Uh, let's see, where would that be? It's up in the mountains of Colorado. And uh, my buddy, Mike Traveres, AKA Mike T, if you open up a brand new One Wheel XR, the little pamphlet that comes with it is Mike T. Because he's- oh, Wait, what's, what's the one? Oh, is that the, the one wheel? Oh, the one, one uh, XR, okay. Yeah, when you open the XR, there's like this piece of cardboard and a little booklet on top. And yeah. that's Mike T, right, on, right when you see it. Amazing. Everybody that's got a one wheel seen my boy Mike T. <laughs> um, and uh, I was actually there that day they shot that photo. I wish I was on the pamphlet. But um, <laughs> uh, so he, he had been a very early adopter of one wheel. Um, he got it V1, you know, pretty shortly after the Kickstarter around mm -hmm. the same time that, um, you know, Rob with uh, Flux Movement and Jeff with the Float Life got their boards. They were all Mike T and those guys were all like really early adopters. And then I kind of came in after them because Mike T had brought his one wheel to the river event and we we're all kicking it. And he comes cruising around the corner on this crazy electric one wheeled skateboard thing. And I, my jaw hit the floor and I, I just him cruising over to say what's good. Like I saw a bunch of people talking to him, asking him about it, asking to ride it and all this stuff. So when he came over, I was kind of hesitant. I didn't want to be, you know, mm. just another person asking him to ride his board, but I had to, I was like, bro, I, I just need to taste it a little bit. Let me just hop on. <laughs> and I hopped so on dude, it. What's up? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought, yeah, go ahead. Um, I hopped on it and it, I, I haven't thought about it in a long time, but I was like classic first time one wheeler, just like hopped on it. I was like, whoa, kind of back and forth a little bit on the start. Like I couldn't even turn it. I was like hopping and skirting it to get the board to turn. Okay. Um, and then I immediately like was like, I was, you know, I was somewhat a kid back then. I was like, dad, here's the deal. <laughs> pay you back in three months tops i wrote out a whole contract to my dad of like yo you loan me the money for this board i'll pay you back in x amount of time blah 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 like we wrote out a whole little contract my old man threw the coin down for me i grinded real hard actually paid it back in like two months but then as soon as i got that first board it's just been non-stop obsessive one wheel riding because it's all the board sports put into one that's electronic that you can ride everywhere like yeah. you feel you feel the snowboarding you feel the skateboarding you feel the surfing you feel like so many different board sports i feel it in different aspects of the one wheel and the best part of the one wheel is like snowboarding you have to go to a mountain it has to be snowing and you know there's good snow days bad snow days whatever surfing you have to be either in the ocean or in a good section of the river skateboarding you got to either be at a skate park or a good street spot like each board sport has a certain amount of requirements you have to hit for it to be like a good day but with the one wheel you feel them all in one board that can ride in tons of different weather conditions and tons of different terrains and there's not a whole lot holding you back from riding the one wheel so that's why i just became obsessed with it is with just like the one board yeah. that felt like all the boards that i could ride all the time that makes sense you know that makes perfect sense so it was a kickstarter that got that got one wheel going Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did a Kickstarter in like 2015, I think. Um, and they're, they're, they still have their original Kickstarter board that they did the Kickstarter with. It's so funny. I've heard so many horror stories about it. 
and it's like it's got like a button under the heel there's literally just like a button that sticks out that's the sensor under the heel it's got pink rails it's like super og but they did a kickstarter uh kyle dorks and the owner i could be butchering his last name but i know his name's kyle um and jack mudd the uh the marketing director of one wheel they those two guys launched a kickstarter way way back in the day um and i think it was like wickedly successful um i know jeff jeff mccosker my boss the owner of the float life he bought one of the original like kickstarter campaign boards um and then they just from there like the kickstarter was super successful they sent out the first batch of one wheels and they started putting in you know running production of the v1 yeah so what are they in right now v uh what version are they on well there's the v1 came out back in the day then they came out with the plus um which was like a slight upgrade from the v1 um different motor i believe different controller they gave like some taper in the foot pads what did a lot yeah. of people ask for that was a plus and then they made the xr that looked exactly like the plus but went twice as far and had like upgraded firmware so it rode a little bit better too so that was the third version was the xr and then now we're on the pint which is the fourth version they made like a smaller lower range lower speed kind of like economy version uh okay. the one i think we're on v4 now wow so that's super interesting because you know you, you said it combines like loads of different aspects and you know you mentioned earlier as well that you really liked um, stand up like uh, the water paddling, the white water uh, paddling, because it was a more of like a niche in like small sport. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I find a lot of skaters are, are, are originally drawn to skating because they see it as a niche and then find it in, in, uh, in time that it's much bigger than it is. I actually wanted to ask, what is your draw to these like smaller sports? Because obviously within skating, if you're a good skater and you've got like good marketability and stuff like that, you can make a decent amount of money. You can have a good career and you can, you could have done, I'm sure you could have possibly done that being someone who started skating at such a young age. So why, why, why one wheeling, even though it's such a smaller industry at the moment, it was it the belief that it, where it's going to be in the future, or is it that, uh, that you just like those smaller sports? Cause it gives you like more like finite crowd and, and like audience and stuff like that. I mean, I think ultimately it's a mixture of two things. Um, the main thing is that, skateboarding and snowboarding are like my roots and mm -hmm. surfing as well um but i've done those things for a long time so yeah. like i'm not necessarily done with it or burnt out on it but i've done it for a really long time and um i think that's a, a, one of the reasons why i kind of jump into other board sports is i've been skating and snowboarding so long i like having other stuff that like I like to do that makes me happy that is super yeah. adrenaline filled and really technical and you can never stop learning from it and keep progressing and doing new stuff. I think there's that aspect. Um, and I think the other thing is that a lot of the niche sports are just niche sports because they're relatively new board sports. Yeah. You know, one wheel, it's relatively new whitewater stand up paddles been around for a pretty long time, but has gotten publicly popular over the last few years. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I don't think I intentionally go for niche sports because they're okay. niche sports. Yeah. Um, I think I just end up there because I discover things that I'm like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And yeah. it's a relatively new thing. Like I've, I've been riding an electric dirt bike recently, like learning how to do wheelies on an electric dirt bike. It's just, wow. I just run into these things. Like with, with, with whitewater uh, paddling, 
we somebody told my dad about it about paddle fest actually that was the first event i went to the first one i went and mike t gave me my first river surfing clinic that's a little cool, cool story. <laughs> mike, mike t's t. everywhere <laughs> he's a legend he's a legend um but we went my my somebody told my dad about paddle fest that he taught snowboarding with um and we just went like he just brought me i didn't even know what it was and we showed up and just looked into the river and there's people surfing and then with one wheeling i was just hanging out the one wheel just like cruise around the corner and with the suron i just walked outside of a bar in los angeles and this guy had a suron and i was like what the fuck is that mm. and wrote it and so like i've just ended up doing all these things so i think it's just a mixture of like truly deeply loving and being passionate about skateboarding and snowboarding and surfing and then these other board sports i've just discovered them over time and gotten into them and then they just so happen to be niche sports what's the what's suron dude dude suron <laughs> my favorite thing right now it's oh my god all right so it's this chinese electric dirt bike and okay. wait is that way, the thing that you've been riding on that I've, we've seen on instagram yeah that black yeah, bike dude, it looks super lightweight it looks like it's uh yeah there's very little like um yeah just a very little weight to it very little like components for for engine or anything like that but you can get yep. a wheelie up on it oh yeah yeah because it's like it's all it's got is the frame and then it's just got battery motor and controller module because that's that's the cool thing about all these electric vehicles is like all it really takes like other than the structure itself you know and like the rolling parts and everything it's literally just battery controller motor and you just yeah. link together which is my favorite thing because I've, I've worked on motorcycles with my dad in the past and um, i've had dirt bikes when i was a kid and it's uh, gas engines i see like people that love that stuff and like to tinker on it that's rad and that's perfect but like dirt bikes and gas engines and stuff you have like the carburetors and the pistons and the gear yeah. shaft and like the so many different things to maintain but this bike is literally super easy to maintain it weighs 115 pounds and it's like five horsepower something like that it it is so torquey on the mm. low end though you yeah. know once you get up to like 30 40 miles an hour that's close to its top speed so you don't have as much torque on the top yeah. end um but it's so easy to just bust up wheelies like if you're going slow you can literally just throttle a wheelie up you don't even have to like pop it up yeah. um and well, so with the re one of the reasons I've gotten into it is with Flux Movement, a company that I've ridden for for many years and now I'm working with and working for, we are trying to get into like as many electric vehicles as possible. And I myself am trying to just expand myself into more things because as I'm coming into like my mid twenties, I'm starting to feel more pain and I'm yeah. starting- We're gonna ask you about that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. I'm starting to feel the effects of a lifelong of eating shit and slamming on the ground. So for flux movement and for myself, I'm trying to splinter off into more like cool little electric sports. And I'm kind of like, I'll never stop loving and doing board sports. But what I've been seeing in myself recently is I'm starting to shift away from like tons of skateboarding and tons of one wheeling and stuff like that. And I'm kind of starting to find other things and other avenues that I like to do that that hit the passion points that I'm looking for, um, mm -hmm. but don't beat the hell out of me. It's a good, it's, a, it's, it's an a, interesting one. Dude. It's a so really interesting point. Let's, yeah, maybe let's explore that because there's something about that move, like movement in any one of those disciplines, right? So like, you know, with snowboarding, um, I picked up snowboarding late, but there is something about, depending on the terrain as well, whether you're in powder, whether you're in whatever, 
um, that carving mo movement is there's something that's very, I don't know, it just kind of tingles in your brain when you really kind of get it. It's lovely, right? But mm -hmm. it's also, talk, tell me about what is, what is the thing for you? Is it because there's different, there's different things going on in skateboarding as there is a dropping in, I'm sure, on a paddleboard, then, you know, one wheeling, then, um, you know, the, the new, what's it called, a Suron? Yeah, Suron. Yeah, so I mean, can you, have you thought about like what it is that you're vibing on specifically? Yeah, man. And it's crazy we're talking about this because I've been realizing recently, um, you know, as I'm really growing up and starting to think pretty deeply about stuff, um, I've realized that I skate and I snowboard and I do all this stuff because every little trick and every little encounter, every little thing makes me feel, makes me like mm -hmm. feel something. It's just, and I say stoke all the time and I use the word stoke way too much yeah but like it's that's kind of the best way to say it is like we, we do these things because it makes us stoked like it gets me happy and so i think they yeah. all are different feelings but i think ultimately what it is that i'm vibing on is they all have this beautiful like roller coaster of emotions where you go from fear like when you're rolling into a trick typically on my one wheel on my skateboard on my snowboard rolling into a jump on the Saran, I am shitted. I'm terrified a lot of the time. I'm so scared. Mm -hmm. But then there's that moment where you have to just allow, allow yourself to feel the fear for a minute. And then you just put it behind you, do whatever it is you're going to do. And that's another thing I really like about shredding is like, it's all so technical, like where a half inch movement of your foot on your skateboard and a slightly missed flick on the kickflip will completely ruin the trick or on the one wheel. If you land just a little bit too on the toes or you pop it just a little bit too hard. It's all so technical. So it goes from fear to just intense technical brain power analyzation pop. And usually when you're in the middle of the trick, it's like the most amazing euphoric feeling ever. And then the landing things are completing things, you know, that roller coaster of fear to tech to amazing euphoria to accomplishment. I mm. think that kind of series flows in each of these sports. Do you know what? It's, it's, it's a really good way to put it, dude. Like, I don't think many people have outlined it as that before. And, and you're right. I'm sure, like, as, as a skater, when, when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. It is, like, as you're rolling up, it's that pure fear. And then as you, like, hit it, it's like, cool, I've got to think for half a second. And then once that second's done, it's like, cool, let's see what happens underneath me. And if I happen to get my feet in the right position when we go to land, then, hey, like good times and I'll roll away and be happy. But like, yeah, dude, it's, it's weird that you almost go searching for, for me, I think it's the conquering of, of doing something that you wouldn't quite like. And you're right. It, it, for me as a skater as well, I find that I make the decision to do something almost the last second before I do it. Like even during the roll up, like I'll roll all the way up. And in the last second, I'm like, cool, it's time. Like it needs to be now or never. And I'm like, cool, pop it and go or just leave or like kick out and leave it. Like you've got to make the decision. And I think searching for that ability to overcome that in ourselves. Like I was, um, I was watching something recently, which is called, uh, which is called like an eco challenge. And it's basically these people who do a 600 kilometer race in like 11 days. And shit. it, yeah, it's like something crazy. And they, they basically like test themselves to the absolute limit. And all of them say that they do it to see how like, far they can push themselves how like 
how many barriers they can overcome. And I think in some ways, skaters, especially you mentioned as well, falling over and like your body just taking damage. Like, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm, I'm 22 myself and I already have like three injuries that are long-standing injuries and will probably be long-standing injuries for the rest of my life um, from skating. And I know that there is a lifetime on it. Don't get me wrong. There's people like Tony Hawk and you know, the Steve Caballero and Christian Hasoy who are still shredding and still amazing skaters, even though they're old, but they're definitely doing low impact transition, like padded up, like they're taking it a lot easier than some of the dudes who are them throwing themselves around. So what you said earlier, again, you're looking as you're getting older to transition to sports that have lower impact on your body. I, I get that as well, dude. I'm starting to panic about what I'm going to do without skating because it's my like, it's my home, you know, and uh, yeah. I get that, dude. I, I really understand that. You know what's interesting yeah. is, uh, I mean, if we strip this all the way back to, like, so we're, we're, we're basically animals, right? Um, and there's something about humans that like, I don't know if it's like G-force or like, you know, <laughs> no, like seriously, like if you think about it, like you said roller coaster or, or cars that go really fast or surfing when you're I'm dropping funny. in. Yeah, bro. Like, there's something about like, like, in physics where we are pushing against a speed, typically on a turn, right? And feeling that as we go around, there's something that really unlocks for us, isn't mm -hmm. it? I mean, with with skating, it's a little bit different. It's more along the lines. It depends of, what type. Of, if you're doing downhill bombs, true, it's true. exactly the same thing. True. If you're downhill longboarding, it's exactly the same. I'm thing. Pumping yeah. around a bowl, dude. When I'm pumping around a bowl on my skateboard, feeling that G-force like pushing me against the wall and pumping out a transition totally that's totally right i've never heard somebody say that but that's so true just like that feeling of yeah the g-force it just it just tingles you it just fills you full of stoke it's it's, it's physics it's it's that physics magic that like we can't comprehend but that you learn about in school that you're like when it happens it, it's that whole thing when you go on a roller coaster for the first time or like you go in an elevator that drops really fast and your stomach's like whoa and you're like what the fuck was yeah. that you know it's we're just weird creatures that like to experience things that aren't the day-to-day -day gravity, air resistance, like standard shit that we fucking deal with on, on a daily basis. But I'm wondering, like, in the, in the animal kingdom, like, if you think about birds, how they bomb, you know, and they, like, cut lines and stuff like that. I wonder if they're feeling the same thing or, like, you know, you've got, like, fish in the ocean, like, dolphins that are ripping it up and stuff like that. There's probably... <laughs> Or, dude, what about the bulldog on the skateboard that's, like, doing... This? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's another great point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it might just be, like, an animal thing. We, we love, as animals, there's something that unlocks in our brain with speed that's being pushed along. Just that little bit of gravity that's being pulled unlocks something in our brain, which is, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, fully. Yeah. So well, and then people get obsessed with that. They take it to the extreme, and then that's how you get base jumpers and skydivers and... That's so true. And, rally car racers and stuff but you know something i wanted to mention that um you made me think of when you're talking about the, the that big race mm. um something i've been kind of finding interest in and i've been wanting to do some research on is stoicism which is like kind of ancient greek philosophy and stuff yeah, yeah. and uh one of the main things that this guy what was his name it was like mercury or something it's marcus Aurelius. he's like it's it's a shame it's something around the, the, the lines of this, but it's like, it's a shame if a man gets to the end of his life and doesn't, hasn't experienced like his full capable, full physical capabilities, which yeah. is like, 
if you if you go throughout your life and are not like testing yourself and pushing yourself and just seeing like how smart can i get how strong can i get like how can i go how fast can i go like how good can i get at how many things like i think what it is is we all have an instinctual drive to push ourselves and do more and be better and get stronger and some people bury that instinct i think and they're just you know chill out hit the bong play some video games fucking hang out with their friends go to the bar go to work you know just hang out there's nothing wrong with that but some of us just have that desire to just push and just keep going and do more and figure out like how good how would like how how good can i possibly get as a human being i think that's uh definitely one of the things that drives me one of the things that drives people i feel like I think you're totally right. And I think, you know, I, I, it's so funny you mentioned that. I had a conversation with myself the other day when uh, I, my girlfriend was at work and I, I was at home doing some work by myself. And I, I like stopped for a second. I was like, God, I'm real skinny. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, if there was ever a time to bulk up and get ripped and be happy and be like real, like, like muscular, it's now because it's not going to be in like 20 years. I'm like, I'm doing all this work in front of a computer. I was like, should at least do some press ups and sit ups here and there. It's like, so you're, you're so right. Like in terms of like, I am in, in my head, I was like, God, if I don't do it now, there just won't be time for it later. So I was like, at some point I need to budget in some time to do that while I'm in my twenties. And I think, um, it, your, your point on stoicism, we actually spoke to a, um, was it, it's an Olympian judoka. Yeah. We, we spoke to a, yeah, a judo player who, who's, uh, who's British, who's been in the Olympics and he, tries to follow a lot of stoic philosophies and stuff like that. And he did, a, he's done a bunch of like a research into it and whatnot. And yeah, it, it's super interesting that that's, it's funny. I, I read a lot of the stoic philosophies and I, I see that they line up with Buddhism in many different ways, but it seems like stoic philosophies are almost written for like a leader of a country. It's almost like, this is your philosophy. If you were going to like run the world, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's really interesting. And Stoicism as a whole is a really great, anyone who hasn't read up on it should really get into like, even just a wiki five minutes, like having a check on it. It's super interesting. And it comes with some really nice beliefs that are, and if you're into Buddhism, very similar to Buddhism, just minus some meditation, I guess, really. I would also say um, your point about just kind of challenging yourself. I mean, this is also just part of, um, really elite training you know that there's, there's certain there's certain moments in training whether you're a fighter or a runner or you know basketball player whatever that you want to go so most of the time you're in that sort of 80 to 90 percent of max you know you never want to go up over because you overtrain you get in injuries or whatever but every now and again you want to hit the gas and just mm -hmm. get up there up to 100 percent and really kind of feel what that feels like because that then pushes that 100 percent just a little bit further and you can then understand kind of how you can expand your capability so it's a really good point um different for training and for for you know athletic competition but definitely aligned with what you're saying yeah, yeah. so do, do you know what and, and bringing it back to the whole physics thing and, and like overcoming stuff I, I wanted to ask you because going from a skateboard and a snowboard which i know are in, in of themselves they're very flat they're very like there's not a whole lot of wiggle or movement dependent on how loose your trucks are and things like that but if you're street skating few people have like crazy loose trucks and things like that so um 
going unless you're day one song. Yeah, unless you're day one song and you have no <laughs> fucking bushings. <laughs> you're a crazy fucking man. Um, but um, you like how how is the transition to to one wheeling where it's all about like gyroscope and like you said learning to turn where it's about like momentum so that you can like swing around and whatnot and overcoming that was that like a a big barrier to overcome or did you find that that was maybe one of the first things that you got the hang of i don't think it was a big barrier to overcome for me it came to me really naturally and i think mm -hmm. it's because of my like multi-board sport discipline yeah you know like i the front and back of the one wheel feels like balancing on my paddleboard, like racing or in the ocean. You know, my race board and my ocean surfboard are really hard to stand on. So that front to back balance is kind of ingrained in my soul. And then like, I don't know, it's just like every board sport complements a different aspect of the one wheel. And I think that's why I picked it up so quickly. And that, I think that's why I've been able to push it so far. Um, but it definitely did take some time to understand how to like really throw that board around, you know, yeah. as far as like basic tricks, you know, I was doing like little reverts and shove it's and stuff like that pretty quick, but to really do advanced maneuvers and really rip around trails and really stay in control and, and do technical stuff with the spin slides and the sex changes and all that stuff. It definitely, um, it definitely, I wouldn't say it was a hurdle. It was more like a fun project. Mm -hmm. Like I had a pretty good understanding of it in the beginning. And then it was just diving deeper and, and nitpicking and figuring out more and more. Um, but I'd say it was fairly, fairly easy just because of where I came from. But I can imagine if you're, you know, if you're just skate or you just snowboard and you hop on a one wheel, I feel like it would be super wonky for a little while figuring out mm -hmm. how to maneuver it. Um, yeah. But I think definitely surfing, I think the combination of surfing and skateboarding is what allows me to do what I do on the one wheel. Cause I've done both of those for so long. Yeah. Uh, and like the turning on a surfboard in the river and in the ocean is very similar to the turning on the one wheel um, at like slow, medium speeds. And then the turning on the one wheel at like kind of higher speeds is very similar to carving down a mountain on a snowboard. And shifting the one wheel is very similar to a snowboard. Popping the one wheel is very similar to a skateboard. There's just all yeah. those separate kind of things. But um, when you, when you're going up a, a ramp, you're you're staying level though, aren't you? Going up a ramp, or you're actually pushing forward a little bit to stay moving forward, which is a different feel probably than going up on a skateboard, which you're actually changing your angle. That looked kind of weird. Was that yeah. weird to kind of get a, a hang of at first? Yeah, definitely. And then like every every ramp or like angled surface or whatever is you kind of have to ride it differently. You know, like mellower ramps, I'll, I'll uh, accelerate up it. But if anything's kind of steep, I try to come into it really fast and then get to the ramp and level out and basically just maintain my speed. Cause with the one wheel, it has to be able to lean forward to move. And if yeah. the ramp gets too steep, then the board can't lean anymore and you just get kind of blocked. But if you come in super fast and then you just level out, the one wheel is able to kind of climb up stuff a little easier. So it depends on the, it depends on the, what it is, but it's definitely like very different to any, yeah. any board sport. Like coming, do, trying to get up on a quarter pipe on a one wheel is the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> That's on what I saw, man. It looks like you're going up and you're going, it's almost like you're going up an elevator. 
Quarter pipes are especially weird because you have to come in super fast and then you get to the quarter pipe and you you have to like slow down to get your nose up, but also keep your body forward to get up over the top of it. Like it's the weirdest thing ever. Whereas on the skateboard, you just kind of pump up it and then yeah. do whatever you do at the top. Same on a snowboard, you just kind of pump up it. But on the one wheel, you got to like do all these crazy <laughs> calculations and do it right to get up to the top of it. Dude, let me let me ask you a question because I, I'm, I'm not sure if you've been asked this before, but how does it feel to be a, a fucking pioneer of the sport? How does it feel to be like within the Rodney Mullins and the Stacey Peraltas and, you know, the Jay Adams? of a sport dude you're one of the guys that's really pushing one wheeling forward and, and inventing tricks and stuff how, how does that feel dude that must be pretty 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 special thing <laughs> yeah i don't know man like it uh i definitely am aware of the the that fact um and i find it to be i find it to be really cool it's like it's almost it's almost so rad and so unique that it almost doesn't really feel real um, mm -hmm. because there's, there's been so many people I've looked up, looked up to and people that have formed the sports that I've been a part of. And I've growing up, I always, you know, aspired to be those people or ride like those people. And I don't know, being the pioneer, being one of the pioneers of, of one wheeling is, is really cool. It's really special. Like to be able to create a trick and like yeah. watch other people do something you created is is definitely a really special feeling um and you know putting on these events and showing up to events and teaching people and doing all these things it's it's pretty cool but like i don't know i guess i try not to think of myself in that way um because uh you know i've had experiences with uh you know professional riders of other sports that are just total dickheads and they think they're like the hottest shit since sliced bread um and so i i think i i acknowledge that i am one of the pioneers of the sport so that i take it seriously you know i'm not like oh yeah i'm fucking one wheeler no one <laughs> like this, this is my shit you know i made all this kind of stuff like i acknowledge it to know like i have to take it seriously like i i want i want to be a pioneer of this sport to help make it the best it can be and make it the coolest it can be and help people grow and like push the sport in a really cool direction. Um, so it doesn't get whack like rollerblading or something like that. Um, <laughs> but sure. yeah, I definitely, I don't, I think of myself as a one wheeler, just like everybody else, because I am like, I, I, because of the, the history I've had and the, the, the skill I came into one wheeling with, and I came into it very early um, I've had an advantage over people, but, and it's given me the opportunity to be like the first person to do certain tricks and the first person to put out like a major film and the first person to do whatever in this. But ultimately I am just another person that likes to ride one wheel. That's the way I think about myself is I've had more time on it. I've had more time on other boards so I can do more things than most other people. But ultimately we all love this board. And we all like to ride this board. And that's like the way I think of myself. It's like the way I think of myself in the community is not like the pioneer and the, mm -hmm. the guy that works for float life and flux movement and all this stuff. Like I'm just another one wheeler and I've got cool opportunities and I've done some cool stuff, but I try to not think of myself as like the pioneer. Um, 
but to answer your question it feels pretty sweet <laughs> dude, dude like i i think that's super that's super humble of you to say and it, it's very it's very reminiscent of uh of listening to uh, uh rodney mullen and people like that who who you know th there is mad humbleness out there within the the upper echelons of the dudes and i think dude i think hearing you say that is one of the reasons why you are so revered um, by loads of people. You know, we've had people blowing up the chat already as the live stream saying that you're a mad inspiration and that they love you. And I think like, honestly, dude, that's, that's how it goes. You know, you, you, you come in, you've come be humble. You're not to mention, I saw on your website that you're out, you're offering lessons to people, you know, you're, you're being, you're making yourself available to the public. You know, some people like, I, I mean, just to throw a name out there like boo johnson to get in contact with boo johnson is a fucking joke like to get in contact with <laughs> like some professional skaters is a joke like it's not it's not a thing so the fact that you're making yourself readily available the fact that you have you know these uh these tip tricks and like uh, and stuff that you're doing on uh youtube and stuff you're you're just doing it in the right way you're leading a sport in a really correct way and i think that's awesome man i think there's so few people that do see themselves in that way are able to reflect on it and able to make a strong decision in that way it sounds like you've been instilled with some good morals uh for, from a young age it, it sounds like you know you, you mentioned earlier when you're when you asked your dad for your money you're like i will pay you back in three months and you worked your ass off to pay back in two i'm not sure whether that was with pocket money or whether you're working a job but you know I, I i can see dude that there's some there's some like real what i would call just wholesomeness within you and just just this want to to improve and be a good person and i think that's badass too i think every sport needs it needs one of these people out there who's doing that so i i take my hat off to you massively dude um Thank you. in saying that dude i'd love to show let's uh, let, let's show the people some of these incredible tricks that we are talking about let's uh, let's watch a, a, a little bit of your video part are you sound with that yeah let's do it cool one second let me uh, let me pull that up guys so you can uh, See what we do it right. So, dude, when did you do this video part? This was uh, like August or September, I think, late August, early September. I um, okay. I showed up. A little context of this film, real quick, is I showed up to Sacramento. I got offered position as the marketing director of the Float Life which is the leading parts and accessories manufacturer of, uh, of one wheel. And it was fucking incredible opportunity. I've been working really hard for the last four or five years at making videos and doing content and shredding. So it's like the perfect job. So I showed up, started doing some stuff and I was like, all right, we need to make like a film. I've been wanting to make a skate inspired one wheel film with a bunch of really badass riders and everybody gets their own video part. Everybody gets their own song. So with this one, I put the message out to all of our riders, told everybody, yo, collect as much footage as you can. And we're going to do video parts for everybody do a full film. So this video part, my video part, Elijah's and Jeff's and Raquel's video parts were all filmed by me or Elijah or Jeff. We all filmed each other's stuff and then I edited it. And then all the rest of the footage is from the riders um, for their video parts. And then I brought it all together and edited um, a full film. So this is my part out of the film, um, but the full film's like 25, 30 minutes of just w w ultimate one wheel destruction. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Um, cool. We'll, we'll hit play on that. And then I'll, I want to talk to you about your filmmaking in a second. So we'll, we'll, we'll watch a little bit of this. Um, 
tell us what we're watching, dude. What, 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 um, what's the song and why did you choose it? Oh, the, I chose this song. It's called Unfuck the World um, by Prophets of Rage, which is um, a Rage Against the Machine tribute band. And oh, wow. the reason I picked the song is one, I love Rage Against the Machine. I, I fucking Who doesn't? <laughs> machine. Um, but I grew up, my dad was a major influence on me for my whole life, still is. Um, and he's big into like Rage Against the Machine um you know heavier rock stuff like that and i really like rage against the machine because they're an la band um and flux movement is out of la i got a lot of love for la i got family there and i love rock and rap those are like my two top music genres and it's like the beautiful merging of the two and so these guys are a tribute band and the song is called unfuck the world and when i made this video in this video part um it was kind of the height of the riots and the virus and the race war stuff and the red versus blue right versus left stuff and like everything is just going crazy in this song i found this song um that had the right vibe and the right words like if you listen to the chorus it says like um some 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 blank faces no races like the song is basically about like unfuck the world like just be cool to each other stop looking at people for their color and for what they believe in who they are like just unfuck the world and rock out and have a good time um and so nice i thought man. it fit really well with with the times if you listen to the lyrics and then um whenever i make a video i i think about how i want it to feel and i start with the song i always get the song first and so as i was looking around i was figuring out something that felt right and this song just like when a song gets my head bopping while I'm listening to it and it just like really fills me up, starts stoking me out, then I use it. And so this one, I just like, it felt right. And the words lined up with what was going on and picked this song. Amazing, dude. Uh, for, first of all, dude, we are, fuck, dude, we need to hang out. It sounds like we're the same. We're both Bodie and rock, <laughs> rock and rap are my two genres as well, actually. Like, <laughs> holy. Um, so that's, that's badass, dude. No, I, I, I feel what you're talking, dude, rage, rage against the machine is one of the greatest bands of all time. They make amazing yeah. music. And the fact that they were around during the original Rodney King riots there, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, years of them having made music in, in name of, I guess, renegade, uh, rebelliousness, you know, do I, I love it. I think it's a great choice. I think that the name socially distance is a great name for the video. Um, I think, I think there's a lot of really great aspects here. I think a lot of the filming you've done is absolutely sick. Um, some of the shots are really, really beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask a couple of questions about like the one wheel trick. So I, I'm, I'm not proficient in one wheeling in any way, shape or form. How hard is it to like boink it off one of these like curbs and get like some air? How, how hard is like, do you call that an ollie or like popping it? What, what's, what's that called? Like you did off that rock just then. They call it a bonk. Um... I don't really know how it got named, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but it got named a bonk a while ago. And um, actually, some of the OG longtime one wheelers call it a Bodie bonk, which <laughs> I love. <laughs> nice. Um, but they call it a bonk. I'd call it, I'd probably call it a boink if it was up to me. <laughs> you know, boink just kind of, it's a little funnier. So um, do they call do they, is it named after you because there's an element of that you, have a style that is that is uh I do it the big, that way i just do it the biggest 
that's really what it is. Gotcha, man. How's you doing? Yo, it's Jeff McCosker. It's the owner of the Flow Life right here. Hey, guys. Yo, what's up? What's up, brother? Lovely to doing? have you, brother. <laughs> oh, oh glasses. Yeah, I got glasses. Yeah, Tom Chris said I have six years left of eyeballs, and then they're going to be shot. Oh, well. So be- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They look good. Yeah, little blue light blockers on, too. Ooh. So, hey, good seeing you guys. I got to go. Hey, pleasure you too, meeting you, dude. Pleasure meeting you. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah. Um, so, dude, yeah, I, I got to it came Go from ahead. this one clip back at uh float life fest one the first like uh really big one wheel event it was like this big clip and then it you know came to body bonk and all this stuff but is it hard it's not hard to bonk and just like kind of get it off the ground but it's it's pretty techy to to bonk um high in the air and far and keep the board on your feet like it has to be the most perfect pop and jump to get really high and keep the board on your feet yeah. um on a skateboard when you ollie buddy i know you know this when you ollie on a skateboard you pop and you slide your foot and while yeah. you're sliding your foot it's keeping the board kind of locked onto your feet talked about that today mm. yeah so we with literally the bomb, talked about that earlier today i was like how, how does anyone pop <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's literally just you're just bouncing the tire off the ground and then just mm. like you have to jump at the right uh, power and height matched with how your board's going to bounce. So you kind of have to have a good feeling for what heights of the bonk are going to bounce your board at different heights. And then you jump. And if you get the jump just right and absorb your legs just right, it just stays like pushing up into your feet almost. And then as you feel it kind of lighten up on the bottoms of my feet, I start kind of slowly pushing my feet down to stay on it and then land. So it, it is pretty tricky for sure. I was going to say, it's, it's beautiful, dude. There's the, like some of those tricks and especially like uh, the, I don't, what I would call maybe like a no slide or like the crook grind you did along that rail and then hopped over was honestly, first of all, the shot, the slow-mo, the fucking trick was beautiful. I was just like, oh, and uh, we've had loads of people who have been watching saying that edit goes fucking hard. So many people are like, that is a badass edit. You know what's, you know what's interesting is um, with a new sport, like, you know, like there's not a, a, a real understanding of the technical difficulty yet. Like if you see something, a skateboarder on Instagram and they land something, you know, just from the history of how the sport has evolved, how hard that, that trick has been, right? But with one wheel, it, because it's so new, there's aspects of it that you're like, that was pretty cool. But I, I mean, me personally, I'm like, not sure whether that was like a 10 difficulty or like a six difficulty just because it's so new. And also there's just no sense of, like you were saying, just going up a quarter pipe is a whole fucking different thing, right? Mm-hmm. That we, we don't even understand the difficulty of just getting that bit going before you do something at the end of that. So there's an element to that of just like figuring all that out as a viewer, like how much, you know, something is, is super hard or not very hard at all. Yeah. And that's the funny thing about one wheeling is, um, you know, people always ask me, like, you think it, there's going to be one wheeling in the X Games? And I'm kind of like, I don't know. At this point, no. Like, one wheeling super fun. But for the average person that doesn't ride a one wheel, uh, you know, half of the stuff that we do doesn't look hard. And it doesn't really look cool either. Like, I know that for sure. Um, and that's the kind of thing about one wheeling is you'll see certain stuff and you're like, you're like oh that was kind of cool and it doesn't really look that hard but really the trick was super technical and difficult yeah um 
And that's just like kind of the funny thing about one wheeling is it's a little kooky to watch. There's some people on the Facebook groups that are like, yo, why does one wheeling have to be so boring to watch? <laughs> which is true, which is one of the main reasons why um, I make videos of one wheeling because I feel like I've kind of figured out a way to make it look cool and look fun. Um, yeah. And bring kind of like that skate style into it because it is kind of wacky like if you haven't ridden a one wheel and you watch a one wheel video there's no like you said like everybody knows skateboarding most people know skateboarding it's, it's like a common household sport at this point and a lot of people have a pretty good understanding of like oh that looked really hard and that was crazy because also like skateboards can go really big like you can launch 20 feet out of a half pipe on a skateboard or you can kick flip front board a 10 stair handrail you know, yeah. but on the one wheels, we're, we're limited. We can't really do giant pops and fly up quarter pipes and stuff like that. So it doesn't look as fun and exciting and it doesn't look like super technical to your average viewer. But then once you hop on a one wheel, try a couple things, you go back and watch that and you're like, whoa, yeah. holy smokes. Like that is actually really hard. Cause I think a lot of us like myself, Jeff McCosker, Kyle uh, Hansen, Ryan Sherwood, Elijah Soto, a lot of us top riders, we make it look easy because we're able to do it. Like a lot of people uh, comment that a lot. Like we do make it look easy, but the, a lot of the stuff that we're doing is really tricky, like really techy yeah. stuff. Do you know what? It, it reminds me of early days um, when, so so me, me and Tom, uh, by the way, I'm not sure if we mentioned, we're, that's my dad. I'm, we're, we're father and son. Um, and crazy. yeah, <laughs> um, so we, we got into martial arts and like uh, mixed martial arts and UFC and stuff like that when I was probably like 14, 15. And we've been like hardcore fans since then. And it's funny when you watch, when you watch someone who's never seen the sport before watch an MMA fight and they see the two dudes up against the cage or on the ground, for example. Typical uh, examples are, for example, up against the cage. You, you guys might see two guys hugging and like kind of rustling up against the cage and not much action where to me, I see underhooks. I see dudes fighting for position. I see head position being full for. I see, oh, you're, you're trapping your legs in a position so that you can't get a double leg. He's trying to link his hands behind his butt, you know, all this kind of stuff that we as people who understand the sport see the finite, the small details of what's going on. And I think, um, unless you're a part of it and it's 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 so funny as a skater i will show tom like tom at this point has seen me skate enough and we've been to a couple skateboard competitions that you understand when something is difficult versus when something's relatively simple however there's times where you will be like you'll show me a clip and be like what is he doing i don't <laughs> i don't know what this is what are his feet doing how's the board rotating like break break it down for me and i'm like okay so He's doing a hard flip. One foot's going this way. The other foot's going this way. And the board rotates like that. And, you know, so it, it's something where when you understand the finite details of it, it looks and sounds and is so much more impressive. But to the common person, it, it, it like you said, can sometimes look unimpressive. Like people, for example, within the skate world that have more min minimalistic styles, you know, Day Wong, if you do just look at his manual stuff and if you got like a video of just him doing manual stuff, people would be like, huh? but when you then see his full repertoire and you understand the difficulty of those manual tricks, you're like, what the fuck, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, you're like, it, it's just ridiculous. So um, the other thing I wanted to ask you though, and you brought up how you feel like you can make one wheel filming look like gritty, bring that like skate kind of vibe to it. 
Um, I, I also noticed on your website that you offer like filming for other services. You offer for like weddings, for like a bunch of stuff. I wanted to ask you, how, what's your contrast in filming? How do you feel about like filming weddings and stuff like that versus filming like a skate park and, and stuff? Do, do you enjoy both of them equally? Do you get as creative with both or do you find that with the uh, skating stuff, it's your like core so you get more creative there? Um, I feel like, I think the best way to answer that question is with the roots. Um, I got into filming because I never, growing up, I never, until I got out here, I never had like my click that I shredded with. Like mm -hmm. I always was either by myself skating or snowboarding early in the early days I was with my dad, but typically I was like by myself. And then I had a couple like groups of homies I'd go link up with. Um, but I never really had like my crew growing up. So I never had anybody to, to film me all that often. Mm -hmm. And am I muted? No, 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 no. I said, I said, why are you me? You're literally me. Oh my oh. God. You're, you're, recount, you're recounting my life story as well. Go on, continue. Sorry, dude. Again. Um, so yeah, so I never really had uh, anybody to ride with growing up and I just kind of kick it. And I really was interested in seeing myself ride. Like it sounds really egotistical, but mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody else to, imp holy, holy shit, I'm just realizing this right now. I didn't have any homies like with me to impress and like show yeah. off my skills. Like, cause once yeah. you accomplish something or you figure something out, you want to show somebody, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I never really had any homies where it was like, I dropped the tray bomb down the, you know, the three set for the first time. And everyone's like, Oh shit. My gosh. You know, I'm out there by myself. <laughs> yeah. And so I set my phone on a rock or like on, you know, I'd sometimes I like take my hat off and like set my phone up on my hat. Like I've gotten really good at the old ghetto tripod and I just <laughs> felt myself skating. And then I put that stuff out to the internet and show people like what, you know, what I was able to do. And that just kind of picked up and I was doing a little more of that. And then I took a film photography class in high school and just fell in love with creating images and content and cameras and compo composition and lighting and editing and exposure and all that stuff. And so that turned into like me starting to actually make stuff. You know, I got my own camera, I got all this stuff. And I realized that I could make money doing it. You know, my goal from a young age was always like, I want to make money having fun doing cool stuff. Like that was my main goal. Um, and the idea was through shredding and be like pro skater, pro snowboard or something like that. But I was like, okay, I can make, I can make videos and like make some money off of this, but I do it freelance, not just like this personal stuff. Cause at that point I had just been doing a bunch of like, just taking photos for myself, throwing a couple on the gram, doing some film stuff, making some videos. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's try to like make a living out of this and, and get some money from it. So I started doing freelance and, and my own like passion projects. You know, I did like a couple of vlogs a little while back and I do like shredding edits and, and then I got into freelance and that's actually from my senior year, like the end of my senior year of high school until this job, that was my main gig was doing freelance work. Um, and it was really cool because I wanted to do it for clients and I wanted to do it as best as I could. And I also wanted to do it for myself because I've always had a vision of making films. Like I wanted to, to make little edits and do little things to really get good at filmmaking and telling stories and shooting stuff well and getting gear and all that. Cause the end goal was always like, I want to make big stuff. I want to make skate films. I want to make snowboard films. I want to make one reel films. My main goal is to make films that had something to do with shredding. You know, even if it was like a short story about a skateboarder's 
you know, a certain struggle in a skateboarder's life to take that out and create a story about that or to make a big story about a team trip going somewhere or something like that. So I dove in really, really deep and would just consume so much. I'm YouTube University. I got a master's degree from YouTube University. You know what I mean? I was just crushing YouTube videos all the time, learning about filmmaking, doing, you know, weddings. And what I mainly did freelance was um, promotional stuff for like small businesses, like little edits for clothing companies and product photography and a lot of that stuff. Um, And so I got really deep into that and then did more and more of my own personal stuff and shredding. So that's kind of my story. And so I do enjoy doing the freelance stuff um because i get to tell stories i get to make videos i get to get creative and and frame things in a certain way and and do that whole creative process that i really like but ultimately i much much prefer doing shred based content because that's like where i come from that's my roots is like what i am now started from me being alone at the skate park setting my phone up on a rock trying to make you know slap a couple clips together with a song over it and now I've learned these things and I'm able to have these opportunities to make shredding edits and films and keynotes and um, and all that stuff. So I definitely I'm down with the the weddings and the promotional stuff and, and all that. But it, it feels more like a job, you know, where I'm like showing up. I've got my client is essentially my boss and I need to make something where my creative spin is on it but also it's what that person or that company wants and is looking for. Um, and that can be stressful in itself. And like weddings are crazy stressful. I actually also be straight up. I actually don't really like doing weddings because weddings it's like you're just working while everybody's partying, celebrating, having fun. And it's like high stress. You know, if you, if you fuck up and I bobble a little bit on the, on the shot of the first kiss, you know, that, I can't, I can't be like, yo, hold up, everybody, hold up, hold up, run it back, run it back. <laughs> I need you to reset. walk back up again, reset, everybody reset. I missed the shot. You know, like you can't do that. So they're they're a little stressful. But when it comes to like the shredding stuff, um, there's a lot of freedom in creating shred content because it's it's kind of like painting a painting. You know, you just you kind of are able to let your creativity flow and do whatever and just kind of see what comes of it um, instead of being like, okay, it needs to be this, or it needs to look like that, or it needs to hit these points, there needs to be these things. Um, but ultimately, like shredding is the most fun. But as long as I'm, as long as I'm able to get creative and make a video, I'm stoked, you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy with all of it, but I prefer to do the shredding stuff because that's, that's what my soul desires. thanks for watching this episode we really appreciate you supporting homie and the dude please hit us with the holy trinity like our facebook page subscribe to the youtube channel and follow us on instagram just search at homie and the dude it all really helps that's incredible dude i think you know it's a really great way to put it and you know uh, me me and tom uh, put it in in an interesting way i'm not sure if you'll appreciate this or not but we call it sucking the dick we're like, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay the man. You gotta suck the dick. You just gotta, you gotta go to work and do some shit to, so that you can do the fun stuff. And it's, it's just how it goes. You, you sometimes have to battle the, the hard stuff so that you can enjoy the good stuff. And um, I, it's interesting that you say that there's this, you know, this contrast between your work and whatnot. And I want to ask because you mentioned specifically like shred related content and like, um, and all that stuff. Do you have inspirations within like Hollywood film? 
or are your film inspirations like dudes like Mike Manzuri, um, like Burn Dog, like those guys, or are you looking at like Tarantino, Spielberg, Cameron, like well, where are your filmmaking inspirations? Um, that's a good question. I think for me, I'm always, I'm almost always shooting for a really sweet mix of like OG skate film vibe with beautiful cinematic film vibe because I love cinema. I, 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 I can't watch reality TV. I can't watch like just basic shit. Like I, my brain, my, my heart lights up with a well-written story and beautifully shot shots and where, you know, your shots are telling the story, the way you're framing it and composing it and smooth buttery shots with specific color grade to, to control the emotion. And like, I love to create stuff that has like that mix of cinema, you know, beautiful cinematic shots and storytelling with a little bit of that OG skate vibe with the wide angle, low shots, kind of like shaky stuff. Like that's kind of my style and my inspiration is a little mix up of, of cinematic with original style skate filming yeah. mashed into mashed into one. And I wouldn't say like, I don't, I don't think I have a specific, specific like film style, you know, like Tarantino or specific uh, people. I kind of allow, when I was first trying to find my style, I was looking for a specific style to stick to. And then I realized that I kind of want my style to constantly ebb and flow. And I don't want to get locked to one thing to where I'm working on something. And then it has to still be that thing. You know, some people would probably say that's the wrong call because I bounce around a little too much and won't have like my specific style, but I kind of made that decision. That's kind of how I wanted to run it. Um, and so I, I look in so many different areas for my, my inspiration. Um, and I just kind of consume as much content as I can. That's going to inspire me and it's going to push my creativity. Um, I, I watch a lot of like, YouTube kind of breakdown videos, unboxings and technical videos to, of like popular, really, really good YouTubers to, to get inspiration from that. Like in one of my trick tip, you mentioned my trick tips. I do these TFL trick tips on, um, on the Float Life's YouTube channel. I got an inspiration for a really funny shot from MKBHD, um, a, tech, a tech YouTube guy. And then I watch, you know, uh, fucking thriller movies and the thriller movies are like, I like to watch thriller movies because it's it's intense cinema, you know, and like my skating, snowboarding, shredding is in my style is intense cinema where it's beautiful and cinematic, but what's going on is fucking hectic and seeing the way that they like push in on stuff and shoot things and the way they're color grading it and the way that they're flowing from one shot to the next and like action scenes are similar to shred scenes. You know, you got the cut of the person coming in for the punch and then you cut to the punch and on the skating, you you coming in of the roll up and then you cut to the close in wide angle, get the action. Um, so I just kind of bounce around with a lot of different stuff and let tons of different things inspire me and flow me in whatever direction. I just kind of let it run. That's a nice one, dude. Your lighting as well is pretty gritty. You know, some of your, you know, your night shots and stuff, they're very like sort of low and focused, that type of thing as well. Yeah, you get, you get that feel. Dude, I got a question for you. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about the old like Z-Boys and how they used to ride a certain type of deck, right? So it was like, you know, the Christian Hosoi wide, sometimes they had a little tail on them, short trucks with, you know, like crypto 
bigger wheels, and they probably had no idea how equipment would evolve, right. you know, mm -hmm. over the course of decades, really. They just had what they had, and they did tricks off, and they did when they were fucking amazing with them. Yeah. If you were, if you were to conjecture, like, what one wheel needs or what you'd like oh, to see gosh. in one wheel, um, technology-wise, whether it's weight or more horsepower or more whatever, what would you, what would you like, and it just can't happen right now because of battery life or whatever it is, what do you see like five years, 10 years down the road with, with um, the sport? Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff that we can do to improve the one wheel majorly right now. Um, but the XR that we have today is for the most part, the exact same XR we had when it came out in 2017. So that's wow. been kind of tough uh, for us. And that's one of the reasons Float Life exists is because we want, we want the boards to be stronger and to be able to do more and ride differently. And one wheel doesn't ch change anything about the board. So we do. Um, and we've, <laughs> we've made some adjustments to some changes and made some parts. So hopefully, and honestly, I don't even think one wheel is working on their next board yet. I think they're still just chilling on the pint and the XR. And my fear actually is that they're going to be like, okay, we have the XR, we have the pint, those are fine. Let's go make another vehicle. Oh, sorry, he's got the air compressor on. But my, uh, that's one of my fears is that they're actually going to be like, pint, we're good, XR, we're good. We got like our big board, we got our small board. And then maybe they're going to make like a bike next or like a scooter or something wow. like that. Wow. But if, if they do if they're finally like, okay, we'll listen to the riders. Like they bring us in and we all figure out the next, the next one wheel and make something that's going to be like really sweet and what we need. What I would want is swappable batteries is like the main thing. Like if I could have swappable batteries, even if the batteries were like 500 bucks each, I'd, I'd stash the coin away and, and get a few of them. Um, but if we were able to swap the batteries out, that'd be really sick. Cause you could just have a battery in your backpack, be yeah. riding, board dies pull it out swap it out throw a freshie in there and you're all good um so swappable batteries would be big for me and then obviously like weight reduction would be really sweet and i know that's really hard now with technology that's definitely like a technology thing that we'll have to wait for um because the boards are like 25 30 pounds and then each wow. each accessory each thing you add on to it makes it even heavier and heavier so those things are heavy bro like the way we throw them around definitely makes them look a little lighter than they are one heavy objects so if we could get like five ten pounds shaved off that thing that would open up a lot more possibilities i'd make it go up hills and up ramps easier make it so we could pop it higher make it so we could rip it around a little more and like i've been dreaming of getting a backside nose slide popping over keeping the nose on the curb into a front side nose slide but the board's just too heavy to do that mm. so it would be okay. swappable batteries weight reduction Something I've been thinking about, I told my, um, if anybody's familiar with the Corridor crew, Corridor Digital on YouTube, you fuck with those yes, guys? Dude. No, praise dude, praise Corridor Digital. They're the best content <laughs> creators on YouTube, dude. They're the They're best so good, content bro. creators. I love their channel. I've, I've become friends with uh, Ren. Ren's actually a Flux Movement drone pilot, um, and he's, he's my dog. And uh, after becoming friends with him, I went and checked out their channel. I'm obsessed with their channel. I watch their stuff all the time. But mm. Ren, I was telling Ren about my idea that I want, and he totally fucking roasted me, bro. It like, it kind of got me. So I was like, dude, of the board, because the one wheel, the sensor is on the front foot pad. It's like a, it's like a contact sensor, 
and yeah. it just causes all kinds of issues that we go into debt into death with but i was like dude what if there's some way to put it like a weight sensor in the axle and then when you land on the board like no matter what angle it's at like a certain amount of weight is going to trigger the board in the axle and set on the thing he's like yeah i'd like to have bluetooth bearings <laughs> <laughs> and he just rode off bro he just rode off I was like, oh my god but he's an engineer. He's really smart, and he thought that was a stupid idea. So I figure, like, it's probably something that's really hard to do. But something I really want is to figure out how to rework the sensor somehow, because the yeah. sensor, like, we've what we've started to do, the sensor is is so hard to work with, and um, there's two sides to it. You have to activate also, and so like you'll mm -hmm. land. Like I've I've I've, it's the biggest struggle in my freaking life, bro. Is you'll land a one wheel trick, bolts you'll just stomp yeah. the hell out of it perfect. And then it just blip, doesn't reactivate and you just go off the front mm -hmm. um, because the sensors don't quite activate. And so what I would want is uh, to rework the sensor somehow to make it more, uh, more accurate and activate more for freestyle stuff. And the only thing I could really think of is figuring out how to put a weight sensor in the axle, but it is a kind of weird idea because what we've done to remedy that um, is there's a guy his name is Christian. He uh, is the creator and owner of Diamond Grind Coping, which is this really mm -hmm. sick skate coping that's like etched. So when you yeah. grind it, it kind of like feels like brick almost or stone. Um, and he came up with the posi sensor, which is this button where you peel up your foot pad and you unplug your foot pad from the controller. And then you plug in this button in between the foot pad and the controller that goes down uh, and gets tucked up in the board. And then basically what it does is it turns the two sides of the sensor into one big sensor. It essentially oh, wow. wires them together. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. We put it on a bunch of our boards, but the only issue with that is that the plug doesn't, there's not quite enough room in the plug area for it to fit because there's the, the controller modules in the front of the one wheel and everything comes up around the rails and plugs in um, right basically like the front of the tire right in front of the tire yeah and it's not built for that to be in there so hey that's my buddy elijah um <laughs> so uh it's not really built to be in there so it pushes on some stuff and we've had a couple boards get a little damaged from having that in there so what we do is we open up the controller module and there's two pins um behind where you plug the plug into the controller and it says pad one and pad two and you just solder them together and it makes the whole sensor one big sensor permanently and wow. we call that thermoposy and, um, and the float life does that yeah we don't we don't do it like for it's not like a service we provide but it's something that we do to all our boards um yeah. because it makes it a lot more responsive when landing tricks and stuff like that and i honestly think that's something that they could easily do within the app and something that I really, really hope they do. If they're not going to redo the sensors for us, I hope they at least give us the option to posi our boards in the app. Because all they have to do is build, is put a little chip in there that's like on or off. You know, it connects them or doesn't yeah. connect them inside the board. And you can just go into the app and just do like permaposi or not permaposi. Um, yeah, so swappable batteries, weight reduction, better sensor. Um, and then the they need to make the rails stronger on these boards. Like they need to make them way stronger. They use really cheap aluminum and they don't leave enough thread space. So the rails bend and all the holes will strip out over time. So I think if, if we can figure out another metal to use or like, because what we've actually float life, we're about to drop them really soon here. We have our own rails. We call them homebrew where we use real 7075 grade aircraft aluminum 
we get rid of the middle hole, we've extended all the threads and made them stronger. Um, but I think they need to be making stronger rails out of the box on these boards, uh, especially as we're pushing into like freestyle and stuff. Because ultimately the issue, <clears throat> that's basically it. I'm gonna move on to another point. Ultimately the issue is that Future Motion is a company that makes the one wheels. They made the one wheel as like a commuter vehicle. Mm -hmm. That was their original goal. Yeah. But as soon as 2016, we've been doing tricks on them. Mm -hmm. In 2017, there was trick competitions and there's been tons and tons of people doing tricks on the board. And that like the trick aspect and the trail riding aspect is what's turned one wheeling into a sport. And it's that's why one wheels aren't just commuter vehicles you don't just see people commuting on them there's people there's hundreds and thousands of people that are pushing these boards really hard yeah. and one wheel has never all these years never really accepted that and catered to that in any really any way shape or form like so i think the issue is that they i don't know if they don't care i don't really know if they don't take it seriously but they don't put um much into making the boards like trick proof yeah. So like a lot of the components on the board aren't made to be ridden really hard. We just ride them really hard. Um, so there's, there's definitely like a lot of, a lot of areas that the board can improve. And I think it will over the years. I, I'm just, my only fear is that they won't make another board and they'll move on to another vehicle, which kind of scares me. Um, Cause they have it locked down they're locked like their patents are insane like they, they have the one wheel locked nobody's making a one wheel until their patents run out so it's like if they don't make another board or they don't upgrade their board we're stuck with whatever we have and i've actually really had a lot of people yeah i've had a lot of people reaching out to me recently telling me that they can't like they've progressed their one wheeling and now they can't afford to one wheel because when you start doing tricks and drops and like really start ripping freestyle you break these boards fairly mm. easily and not everybody has somebody around them that can fix them. Not everybody's able to fix them themselves. Like I got homies that are like, yeah, dude, I like straight up can hardly one wheel anymore. And like, if I didn't work for Jeff and live here in Sacramento, I probably wouldn't be able to afford one wheel either. Cause I go through, yeah. I break boards like crazy. And Jeff is just constantly fixing my boards. Um, that's, but that's, that's I, nice, I think dude. one wheels have a lot of room to grow, man. I think yeah. like, if they start listening to us and start upgrading stuff, I think one wheels are going to get insane and one wheeling is going to get insane. It's going to hopefully get to a place where it's really sick to watch. Cause if we got light boards. Oh, and the other thing, one thing that I forgot about that I would want to see is a, a lot more torque. Yeah. If we have torque in the boards, um, we, we would be able to get up more stuff and do more stuff. Cause I feel like if we had enough torque and enough weight reduction, we could actually like, hit transition yeah like i just want to see one day when a one wheel is able to ride a bowl you know you drop in a bowl and fucking carve up on the side then come up and like back tail back in or something like that we need more torque on the boards but i think within like five years i'm gonna call it five years we'll probably have another board that'll wow. be hopefully catered a little more towards towards freestyle riding and i've told i've i'm i mean i'm connected I'm connected with a lot of the people that work for one wheel and, and, uh, and I've told Jack a, a bunch of times I've been like, bro, like, let's make a, a fucking extreme board. And I've talked to a lot of people in the community. They're like, I would pay 2,500, $3,000 for a rugged one wheel. 
like a badass one wheel and jack's actually down jack's told me he's like dude i'm down we'll, we got to figure that out do that eventually so i think eventually they will at the very least have me come in if not a group of of upper echelon one wheelers and be like all right let's make the best board we can make like yeah. that i'm way i'm waiting for that day i'm praying for that day when they're finally like all right come cruise down to santa cruz let's do some testing let's do some talking let's figure out how we can make the dopest one wheel because that's what this is all about man like the float life um future motion kind of battles us a little bit because we are competitors we both make parts and accessories to the one wheel but yeah. the only reason float life exists is to make the one wheel stronger and better yeah is like, that's our ultimately our entire goal our, go our goal isn't money motivated our goal isn't to to piss them off our goal isn't to drive future motion under the ground our goal isn't to outsell them all that we want to do is make one wheeling as fun and as good as it can be that's what everybody wants to do so i think i'm hoping eventually one day because everybody that works for one wheel is fucking awesome people it's just i think one day they'll all be able to like the upper dudes will be able to be like okay let's let's start talking to the to start talking to these guys in the community these guys that are really pushing the sport these guys that are making stuff happen and see what they want to see out of these boards and like see because like if dude if you got a, a room full of five of the best one wheelers and ask them how to make the perfect one wheel you probably come out of that room with the sickest board design ever. Yeah. Like it would be like the best one wheel ever. So I'm just, I'm, there's a lot of things that I could see changing and improving in the one wheel. It's just like a waiting game for when they're going to listen to us, talk to us about it. Do you know, it's a, do you know, it's a hard thing for you guys? I can imagine. And you, you, you said their patterns are locked down and and stuff you know uh, and the fact that you're also now having to compete with a company that you want to like progress itself you you almost are like yo do your thing so i don't have to do your thing for you and then don't be mad at me when i do your thing for you because you suck at doing your thing like come on now, <laughs> it's your job and i like i, I fully get that dude. i can because also as well like the other thing i was just thinking is like what defines like a, a, a professional one with obviously making money from, from whatever career you're doing. But I was going to say, obviously with skaters, you have your name on a board, you get your board for your company and you become like, there's not companies making one wheels that they can brand, you know, the Bodie Harrison one wheel that has a graphic or some grip that's yours and like a setup that is specifically tailored to how you like it that other people could get. But I can imagine that that would be frustrating and not only that, but also going that the uncertainty within a sport that you love and you would hope that at the end of it, if they did go, Hey, we're going to make a different vehicle or we're going to not make any more vehicles. And we're just going to leave it with the ones that we have. You would hope you guys would be able to come forward and be like, we want to take this from you and like, let us at least build on it. Like it will we'll pay you what you need, but just give us the ability to do something with this, you know? And like you said, you'd be like, I'll pay you back in like three months, dude. I promise you'll be two. <laughs> like, it'll be two. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised, dude, that, um, that, I mean, yeah, patents are locked down to some degree, but you look at uh, just about any electronic thing, once it, once like different parts of the world get hand, hands on it, they, they, you know, they just tweak a little something and they can make a different version of it. So my sense is, that places like China have not either assessed that the market is strong enough or, or do you feel like it really truly is like 
they can't do it because they would be, you know, they would be subject to patent infringement. Like, I just can't imagine how China wouldn't just be like, if they were, if they were like- I mean, they remade the bullet train that Japan invented and they just changed some blueprint details and managed to steal the blueprint patterns for the bullet train. Oh yeah, dude, look at all, look right. at all the stuff like from Segway, right? The two wheel Segway, look, the different, and, and one wheel basically use the same like gyroscope technology or, or similar gyroscope technology. But like at some point, like that was locked down. And, and if you just take, you know, certain aspects of technology, put some different materials on it, put some different design to it, tweak the, you know, the, the actual components in some certain way. I'm just wondering if like, at some point, some other players might not just be able to come in the game and say, right, we'll just take this off you. We'll take the extreme part of one wheel off you. And we'll just, you know, we'll cash in on that. Cause it sounds like they're making so much money on the commuter part of it. They're just like, ah, fuck it, we're good. Like, let's just cash this in and just be like, you know, easy street, put our feet up. They're making money off of poor people like Bodhi who are destroying these fucking <laughs> one wheels. They're like, shit, man, I gotta get another fucking one wheel now. How many have you gone through, dude? How many have you gone through? So many. <laughs> so many, bro. I've like, I've put, I've like completely put out of commission probably like four or five. Um, and then I've broken, broken them to where they needed to be repaired probably more than twenty times. Wow, yeah. I mean that's crazy. It's, it's interesting. You 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 know you go from and I was going to ask you what's the like uh, the uh, injury ratio that you have with one wheeling versus your your skating years. And I was then also going to say like how often are your one wheels breaking versus snapping a board or like busting a wheel or whatever you know the instances happen with skating what, what what's kind of the the relationship between the two in those ways well my skateboards lasted longer than my most recent one wheel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think uh i think you it depends on how you ride man and like i've actually had to adjust my riding recently because i was breaking boards too much mm -hmm. um and that's one of the reasons I bought this Suron is literally because I've been breaking one wheels too much. And it got to a point where I was like, I just kept breaking boards. Like I have a board in right now that they're refusing to service that I have to do a bunch of stuff. Cause I guess I swapped out a part or two on it and they won't service your board with swapped out parts. Um, and dude, dude, can we just stop there? You're like a spokesman of that company. You have, you have a presence on Instagram. You have a presence on YouTube. And all you anger. want, yeah, dude, I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I don't want to cause like any problems here, but I'm just saying, dude, that is, that's weird that they would not make that choice to say, you know what? Like for, Harrison, both, for you. Yeah. Let's we'll fucking, we'll, we'll just, it. we'll hook you up, bro. By the way, this is the fifth fucking one you've bought. So like, you know, the chances are you're going to buy more down the road as well. And you're progressing the, you know, the exposure of one wheel. It makes perfect sense. So I'm dude, I, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a bummer. Um, they did, they have supported me in the past and they've actually given me uh, a couple of boards. Um, they have, they have supported me um, for sure. But the reason, the re the reason why they don't hook it up anymore and they don't fix my boards uh, is because I work for the Flow Life. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's like a conflict of interest for them. But in my opinion, I feel like it should transcend above that. Like, I feel like I think we are competitors and everything, but ultimately I have personal relationships with most of those people. And um, I may work for a, a competing company, but I also 
have sold probably thousands of one wheels. I've, I've shaped my entire life around one wheeling and I've done, I feel like I've done a lot for the sport of one wheeling. Um, and so I do feel like at least repair my boards, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at least, I'm not asking for a lot, dude. But I think, I think that's one of the errors um, on their end or more of a missed opportunity is they've never had uh, like team riders. Yeah. And they've, they tried to do an ambassador thing a while back where you get like a code and if people bought through your code, then they would, they would pay you for your commission sales. But then that got kind of weird. And so they've never had like a team of riders. And I actually am thinking about getting together a group of homies and putting together a presentation and going to them in Santa Cruz being like hey even if it's not me you guys got to have some sort of system to help these heavy riders stay riding because ultimately what we're doing like every video i make is an advertisement for them every sure. every video anybody makes of one wheeling is a one wheel ad because one wheel is the only one wheel future motion is the only company that makes them and so i think all these people shredding really hard, pushing the sport are all working together. It's not just me. We're all working together to build up one wheeling and freestyle one wheeling and create more of a lifestyle, more of a sport around it. So I think that they should definitely have a, a group of five or 10 homies that are like one wheel riders that they fix their boards. It's like, Hey, you guys are doing us an incredible service by pro progressing our sport. We don't even have to do anything. We could just get to sit back and watch. And you guys are just pushing the sport, pushing the sport, pushing the sport. Let, let, let us help you. Like, let us help maintain your boards. And I've seen them recently, actually, they hooked up this kid, One Wheel and Dylan, that's like a new rider that's really shredding hard. They hooked him up with a board. They hooked uh, One Wheel Wing up with a board who's on the top of the leaderboard for uh, lifetime mileage. He got over like 10,000 miles in a year or something crazy like that. He was putting in like 150 miles a day. Um, and I've seen that recently hook up a couple homies with boards, which is really sick, but um, that's usually kind of what it is, is they're just like, yeah, here's a board. <laughs> I think there's, yeah. I don't know. I just wish, I, I wish I could sit down with those guys and just kind of talk about a lot of these things. Cause I, I love all of them. I love Kyle. I love Julian. I love Jack. I love the whole marketing team. I love everybody that works for one wheel and I love what they do. There's just a couple things where it's like, we, we need you guys. Like we need you guys mm -hmm. to do these things. We need you guys to support riders. We need you guys to upgrade these boards a little bit. Cause I think what it is, is they, they operate like a tech company. They do. They, a lot of times they'll compare like stuff to Apple where they're like, yeah, if you, if you take your board and you go have somebody else fix it and then it breaks and you come to us, like Apple wouldn't do that. Apple is not going to replace a phone with a third party screen. And I think they, they think about themselves as a tech company. They think about themselves like they made a tech device, like a, a mm. phone or a watch or, or, or a drone or something like that. But ultimately they created a sport. Yeah. They created an entire industry, an entire lifestyle. Um, and I don't think they, I don't think they necessarily realize it all the way. Um, they haven't and, got the gravitas of the situation that they've put them so they haven't realized the impact of their their actions and the thing is there's there is a template for this right so it's not like they're in a, <laughs> yeah, it's they're a great in, point there's, so, yeah. there's a thousand templates there's a thousand this. templates for this like so you you know <laughs> look at what nike has done with skateboarding right that that is the template right you get you sponsor some skaters you you build out an industry around you pretend this. you care about skateboarding you, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> you, just pretending is goes a long way so it's like 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that, it's not like, I guess what you said was, was, was pretty accurate, that they define themselves as something different. And so the criteria for success and for new models and all of that is based on something different than what we know actually has worked really well in another sport that's very fucking similar with the same mindset, you know, same sort of um, audience, basically. So it's, it, that's, that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is I actually, I went to school for ski and snowboard business. That's the program I was studying in college. Um, And, and that's what I realized. Like I had all these issues. I I didn't have all these issues. I had some things that I was curious about of like why they were the way they were, Um, you know, in high school as I was getting into one wheeling. And then as I started studying extreme sports business, and it all was clear to me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is what I'm expecting out of them. Like, this is what I want to see. And so I've always been curious, like they've taken a book out of like this, the tech company, kind of Silicon Valley tech company book, but I think they should be taking pages out of skateboarding and snowboarding and surfing culture and history and lifestyle and marketing and the way to operate the business because ultimately they like I said, they created a sport, they created a board sport, which is not a very common thing. And so I think if they looked at skateboarding and snowboarding and surfing as kind of a guideline or as a place of inspiration for how they operate, I think they would see a lot of, a lot of positivity and a lot of really good stuff. Cause ultimately like everything that I want would be beneficial to them. For, for sure every idea I have in my head that I want to tell them about or ask them about every single one of them isn't like oh this is going to make it harder for you and easier for me it's like it's going to make things better for all of us and it's going to make them more money yeah. exactly dude like the, uh, for some reason it's not connecting up that that there is a huge market share that's being missed by not embracing you know sort of the extreme sport element of it and you're right like I mean, I mentioned Nike, but like, you know, Rip Curl or, you know, really successful Volcom. Yeah, like really successful companies that have done it. Uh, They spread out, you know, so it's not just, you know, the deck, it's the riders, it's competitions, it's um, the socks that everything, dude. Like it's like the shoes, it's the buttons on their shirts that they wear when they go to their dinner after (laughs) skating. It's everything. Yeah. So it's, it's like, and you're right. It's not, I guess maybe maybe initially it might be a little bit of a further investment for them to really get into the space and build out the space. But I guess maybe what they're not connecting up is the opportunity of that uncaptured or very small capture of the audience. They could really, really like get the whole thing, especially dude now, because when, if, and when the competitor comes, whether they come by trying to tweak that patent or they come just after the patent, when they come, then you know we've we've seen the cautionary tale of companies that were first but just didn't understand what they had and then someone else comes in and just grabs the market and just like oh we'll just take that nike is one of them dude like what they've done to the skate industry a lot of like skaters a lot of them uh, have real issues with nike um but they waited and waited and waited and they're like you know what awesome you little skateboard companies you guys do your little thing we're going to take like 50 percent of the market because we're going to have you know we're gonna we're gonna sponsor some of the best skaters. We're gonna put on events, um, and that dude. If there's money in the sport, 
guaranteed someone's going to come in eventually and say, all right, you guys don't want it, we're going to take it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think I'm, I'm kind of worried for them on that aspect of like, it's, it's a really, it's a bummer because a, a large part of the community has a salty taste in their mouth for, for future motion. Um, and they get a lot of, they get a lot of really bad energy and some kind of mean shit from people um, because of, you know, their repairs and certain different aspects. A lot of people have a lot of issues with them. And I'm worried that somebody's going to come in, figure out how to get around their patent, make a board and like actually work with the community and do what the community needs and what the community has been asking for. And what in future motions would just immediately die out i feel like mm. like that's what i think they've had this mentality of like we're the only ones our patents are really good because they have patents on like hella different possible renditions of the one wheel mm. and that's like they didn't make the one board and patent that i'm pretty sure they have patents of like every possible way you can make the board that they could think of yeah. and i think they've decided like okay we've got the patents locked we're the only ones and and we're just going to kind of operate how how we want to operate. I don't think they've kept in mind the possibility of competition. And what's crazy is that I, I never really thought it would happen, but a lot of, have you seen the EUCs, the electric unicycles? Yes. Yeah. Those are, that's becoming competition to one wheels. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like one of the top one wheelers of the one wheel world it is a uc rider now slide dog oh, stroke wow. one of the most popular like back in the day it was like it was jeff Bodie, and sly like we were the top three dudes yeah. we all like jeff made a bunch of sick float life content i made my like bangers and my content and i was shredding and slide dog was making his videos slide dog was well known for being super fast and just whipping around chicago he just like have his 360 camera or his gopro and make these sick edits going around chicago and then Slydog actually left one wheeling because of his issues with future motion and oh, his, wow. his struggles with them and what he's gone through with them. And he just completely switched over to EUCs and a lot of people are switching over to EUCs. I'm seeing in the Facebook group, a lot of people like, being like, Hey, come ride at EUC or like, you know, one EUCs are more fun than one wheels because EUCs go faster, they go further. Um, and so it's kind of crazy that one wheel actually in the last year or so one wheel does have some competition now. So mm -hmm. I really hope that they start to be like, okay, this shit's kind of real. Electric vehicles are getting really popular. Like we gotta, we gotta start making these improvements. We gotta figure out, like we need to talk to these guys and, and make the improvements to the board. Cause now they do have competition. I think it's going to be really, really hard for them to get direct competition. Like, another one wheel that looks similar and rides the same um, mm -hmm. because of their patents and stuff, which are, I think they go through like 20, 30 something. Um, they're going to be around for a long time, but EUCs yeah. have become their competition now. Mm. And so they you know, it, it's, competition. It's, it's kind of interesting as well, because, you know, it, to me as well, I'm thinking in my head while you're talking, what, what else one wheels can be used for. And I also go, like as filmmakers as well, having something that is almost, it's, it's basically your dolly. It's, it's, you know, you can, 
whip round next to a car if the car is going slow enough. You know, if you want to then speed the shot up, you can be right next to a car in a chase scene. Well, like, you see guys rollerblading with a, with a steady cam or on a skateboard. Yeah. Stage. I mean, one wheel is 10 times better than that. Exactly. Like, like, one wheel and a gimbal is the dopest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. It's, like it's so smooth. Fun. Yeah. And it's like, the, the, the practical applications of that and you know you mentioned you mentioned the corridor crew those guys are such big users of one wheelers in their videos and they're such big advocates of filming with it i'm like it it, it, it bums me out that the, the, the that a company would be doing that don't get me wrong i i get why they're in the place that you're at because also it's the whole you know you don't want to make a bad sequel you know you don't want to you don't want to do the the classic matrix situation where you make an incredible first movie and then the second one has janky cgi because you're trying to go too hard you know and it's like <laughs> I, I get it i get the idea that they don't want to fuck with something that they've made and they don't want other people to fuck with it but at the end of the day like there's a reason why skateboards you know it's so great that everyone could if you can build a board if you've got a press and you can shape it yourself to the shape that you like it doesn't matter what shape it is it doesn't matter how big your trucks are. It doesn't matter how big your wheels are, what bearings you're using, whether it's Allen key or screwdriver bolts, it doesn't fucking matter. And I think that's what they need to adopt is that almost like interchangeable parts that allow you to build your tool. And if that is for a filmmaker, maybe it is, you know, something to lock your feet in either side so that you're definitely not sliding off or falling off or anything with maybe some sort of stabilization, something or rather, or whatever the, the, it might be. For you guys who are doing more extreme stuff, like you said, stronger rails. It might be, you know, lighter. like those angled foot pads, lighter, you know. It's all this stuff that you're like, dude, I understand that you don't want other people to make it, but if you're not going to, you're not taking the next step in development, which means that you're almost negating the community that you created. You're you're pulling the plug on your own idea. Dude, think about the ways. think about the industry of just the accessory. So if there was just a core one wheel, like you know, the, the the gyroscope in the engine, and then you could or the motor, and you could modify it for different applications. So have a lighter deck for tricks, or even a more burlier deck for like hardcore like off road shit. Um, a burlier wheel, you know, like all that shit. Like that shit costs, right? So you've got the the regular outfit. I mean, people are probably spending equally as much just to as much just to accessorize it in the exact way that they want willingly like maybe not just as, but but like a good chunk right yeah. willingly saying you know i want to modify it this way i want to modify this seems like there's a good market there but i don't know what Absolutely. i'm talking and i've always you know you're you're 100 spot on people spend up up to you know if you get a board and then you fully kit it out new rails new tire new foot pads new like all that stuff that goes you know that's three to seven hundred dollars right there yeah uh, people pop out their batteries people pay seven hundred plus dollars to put a better battery in their board like the money's there the need is there and i think if you know when you go like when i ordered my macbook recently you go in and there's like the base model and then you're like do you want to upgrade this do you want to upgrade that do you want to change this what color do you want like i've i've been saying this for so long like one of the main things is tires the tire one wheel has been using the exact same tire since the V1 and it is a shit tire. And we've all told them so many times and we've been asking them for years and years and years, change the tire. We didn't want a different tire. And then people started putting their own tires on the boards. And then that voids your warranty. Like mm -hmm. my, my best friend, Elijah, who, who came and waved in the window, he, 
he sent his board in to get fixed because it started shutting off on him while they were riding and they they they're they're going through a whole thing right now because they refused to fix his board because of a third tire party uh third party tire swap and that had nothing to do with the part that they have an issue with and so it's like if the tire is is really bad and then we switch the tire and then we void our warranty switching the tire um but i've been saying like if you don't want us to switch the tires if if when you bought the one wheel there is options for what tire you want to come on your board yeah i would solve all my problems I yeah and you can say and like maybe they're getting a killer margin on the tire they get because they bought a million of them just build out the same margin the exact same margin or even more of a margin on the upgraded tire. So let's say we make you know $150 per wheel um, because we buy X amount of wheels. All right, well, we're gonna sell this other wheel that costs 200 uh, uh, twice as much to the consumer, but we're still gonna build out $150 of margin in that wheel. If they buy it, fine. If they don't, fuck it, you know, and, and see what happens. It's not, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's buy, that complicated. I don't think so either. And, and uh, like, if you bought your wheel and you had the option to have like small super turny tire, bigger, rounded tire, treaded tire. There's like four or five tire options on your board. It's that easy. People wouldn't have to swap their own tires. Um, yeah. Or like when you buy it, like, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I know all this stuff does take a lot of time, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of engineering, but I definitely think they could get to the point where they have options on the board. Like there's an upgraded yeah. controller. The controller costs an extra 500 bucks to have the beefy fucking unbreakable controller. And at the end of the day, you fully upgrade your board. You're looking at three, $4,000 bill. Like that's a lot of money. But if you're, if you want all that stuff on your board, if the option is there, it, people will do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this, that's what people need. Or maybe when you buy your board, all, all you want is just that different tire. You just get the base model, just get that tire swap. You're good. Um, but yeah, like what you guys said is spot on. Like they, I, I've, I've said, it, I'll say it again. I love them. The, the product they made has given me an entire career and an entire life, but they're, there's just missing things. There's missing things. And they're all the problems in the community are caused by them, by what they do. Yeah. Like if they were, if they would listen to us, like if they would listen to us and make changes in their board, a lot of the companies that exist wouldn't exist. A lot of companies that piss them off and do stuff that they don't like wouldn't exist if they were, had more of an ear to the ground hearing us being like, oh, they want a different tire. Okay. Oh, they want better grip tape. Okay. Oh, they want better bearings. Okay. And just how making about, those changes. Dude, how about the float life fucking future motion collaboration? Like what? Like that would blow happened? minds. That would like, blow minds. Literally. Could you imagine like it, it, just, just going, just them going, you guys going, we will make the shit that goes on it. We will make all the extras, all the attachments, appendages, fucking all the shit. All you have to do is just keep making fucking one wheels. Like if that was the agreement, like bam, and and whatever it would be if they got some of the whatever the the money off the end or whatever. It, it's like it seems irresponsible to me uh, of them to be doing so. But but again, like, dude, maybe they're just drunk on profits. You know, like they're just like you know. Is that like, reason you know, that, <laughs> that they're like like? Where he said, you know, they might just be people who have come from a tech-savvy point of view. They might have come from a different field. It might be that they've got some some scientists that came up with the technology of how it works. They had some engineers who built the motherfucker, and then they've got some marketing wizards who are putting it out. They don't maybe have anyone who is possibly, and it, it sounds weird to say this, but someone who is 
grown up within skating or within board culture, within all that kind of stuff, because you actually end up having, you have a different outlook on life. Like it's, it's weird to say people like myself and you, Bodhi, we, we look at things differently. Like I know one of my biggest skills in life is falling over and getting back up. I know that no matter what failure comes my way, if it's financial, um, business, if it's passion, if it's physical, whatever failure comes my way, I know that there's always going to be a way to get back up. Um, and there's always a way to like move forward and battle it and do that kind of stuff. And I think if you don't have someone like that in the company, then it's very hard to also see those kinds of angles. And it's hard to look at things like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So I fully do get that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and but I, Jeff and I have oh. talked about it. We said, uh, I think the ideal scenario is that Future Motion buys Float Life and has Jeff and I and our team operate the accessories. Like completely take it off their hands. We'll do all the designing. We'll do all the marketing. We'll do all the inventory, like all that shit. I think that would be the most ideal setup because then they would have oversight, make sure it falls yep. within the standards. It's not going to break anyone's boards. And then they get sick fucking products made by passionate one wheelers, some of the top passionate one wheelers. And then they make money off of everything we make. Like we've said, if they would partner up with us and like, and just be down with what we're doing, we'd pay them a cut at every product we sell. If they yeah. want to do, if they want to do that and they want to like be down to sell our stuff on their website, or at least just be down with featuring videos on their page with our, our accessories and stuff. Like we pay them a cut. We, we yeah. want to work. I'm like, we're, we're low key waiting for the day where they're like, you know what guys, let's all team up. Let's all do this yeah. together. We're all waiting. We're all, we're sitting waiting. We're ready. Yeah. Cause like they I think said, it's, it's a, we're, we're fueled by a passion of one wheeling. Yeah. And while it's almost like, it's almost like they see you as like the Samsung to their Apple. You guys yeah. aren't Samsung in any way, shape or form. You're actually just going, Hey, we actually make cases for your Apple phone that make your phones a thousand times better. Like, come and <laughs> let us like, come and let us make the cases for your phones. And I will sell them on your website. Exactly. You know, we'll fucking, we'll all make money and you'll have a better product. People will have better, better cons uh, customer satisfaction. Yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they're listening. And I mean, and I, I will contextualize this by saying we're picking a little bit right now. But the reason why is it's because such a, it's such a fucking killer product. And so it has true. such a fucking loyal, like consumer support, you know, fans and marketing that like there's an opportunity here for them to to really like if they're whatever money they're making to double it triple it like 10 times it right now if money's what's driving them um so although we are being a little bit tough on them the reason why we are is because it's a fucking killer thing they they, they created out of nowhere and, and um you know put an industry out of like literally created an industry out of nothing which is a huge yeah. accomplishment we get that yeah yeah but there's even more for us it's like we're not we're not doing what we're doing because we don't like them we're not doing what we're doing because we want to beat them or outdo them or anything we're doing what we're doing because we fucking love their product yeah, we're obsessed yeah. with their product and we've found things that we want to see that they won't do that we've done it's like literally that simple yeah and like they're all they've they've made a product that has sh shaped my entire life mm. you know yeah. like i owe them a lot <laughs> it's 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 hard it's hard when it do you know what? It's hilarious. I'll, I'll, I'll reference it to, to, it's like, 
every time a new fucking Batman movie comes out. I'm like, God damn it, I love Batman, and I'm going to probably watch it because I love Batman. But every time I'm fucking disappointed. <laughs> I'm like, I love, I love the product, and I love the idea, and I love the premise. But somehow you, you don't deliver on the latter end, and it, it bums me out every time. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, uh, kind of going uh, away from uh, Future Motion a little bit, what, what's kind of your next, what's your next step within One Wheeling? Do you have some competitions coming up? Are you working on your next skate park? Like, what's, I know might, they might be stagnant, but what's, what's Bodie Harrison's next thing? What's, what's, what are you working on at the moment? Oh, I got a list. <laughs> I got a list right now. I got a bunch of stuff that I'm, I've got in the, in the pipeline. Um, Anything you can tell us about? Yeah, I mean, we've got a handful of really sweet products we're about to come out with, uh, with the Float Life. Um, something that I'm trying to do right now, a direction I'm trying to push is really pursuing this coaching thing. Mm -hmm. um, because I'm, I'm sure you know this, but you know, the, the name of the meaning of our name, Bodhi, is enlightenment, the like just the Bodhi part, uh, because the yep. Buddha, homeboy in the back there, that's his mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, became enlightened underneath the Bodhi tree. Um, but the full word Bodhisattva is yep. the enlightened teacher. And yep. so that's somebody that reaches enlightenment, figures out how to do it, comes back and shows other people. Um, and so that's kind of what I feel like my calling is ultimately like, you know, there's like these things I'm good at skating, snowboarding, making videos. I'm a good cook, you know, I'm a good friend. <laughs> Um, but I think ultimately my calling is to teach, uh, because I love it. Like I feel, I feel better when I teach somebody how to do a trick and they land it versus if I learn how to do a trick and I land it, like it's more yeah. fulfilling and, and pure stoke for me on that end. So where I'm trying to push right now, what's next for me is doing more of these TFL trick tips. And then I'm actually going to start, um, like a Patreon or some mm -hmm. sort of, so like, I think YouTube does a similar thing now where you can pay, but I'm going to do uh, cheap. Like it won't be crazy expensive. You don't have to pay like a hundred bucks for a video, but it'll be like five bucks a month. You subscribe to my channel and I'm going to do like deep dives into stuff um, yeah. and do like videos of me teaching people how to do the tricks. So like people can see other people learning how to do stuff and see like what comes of that. And, you know, I probably say something teaching somebody that I wouldn't say just like explaining something um and doing more deep dives into like how to uh ride the one wheel how to film one wheeling how to fix your one wheel like i want to really dive into the, the the teaching and coaching aspect um to help grow everything like that's my goal is to help transfer my knowledge to people and then also have those people transfer their knowledge and have the whole community just continue to to grow and lift. Um, so I want to do that. And kind of my, my goal with that is I'll have my YouTube page where I'll have a lot of like fun stuff, vlog style content, stuff like that. I'm trying to do more lifestyle content around, around me and my crew and my friends, and then have like surface level knowledge on YouTube and then have like super deep dive stuff going on on, on like a Patreon page or something like that. Um, it's something I'm going, I got going right now. Uh, we're going to start filming for Socially Distant Part 2 really soon here. Nice. Uh, <laughs> really cool. I think uh, a couple of the riders, I'm actually going to fly out uh, to where they're at and film their video parts because we want this next one to be like really, really sick. Um, nice. So we got the coaching, going to dive deeper into the coaching over the next couple of years and then start doing Socially Distant 2. 
Um, I'm going to start designing a one wheel shoe soon, like a one wheel shoe, which would be ridiculously cool. So um, what's, the, what's, the deal with, awesome. what's the deal with that? How's the shoe typically wear down on a one wheel that, that your shoe is going to Shoes don't really for? wear down like skating. You know, like skateboarding, you're sliding your feet on the grip tape a lot um, and you blow them out. But with one wheeling, I think there's just a missed opportunity for a shoe that just it's will be more about operation than wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I guess the one way that they do wear is grinding your shoe on the tire Yeah. while you're riding, like your shoe will hit the tire. So yeah. the, they'll, they'll basically be designed for they'll be like extra high tops is kind of what I'm thinking. Um, cause I want them to be really supportive of your ankle. I want it to be really tight supportive fit. Cause, um, you guys were asking recently, I think I might've just jumped around the question a little bit, like how that's Brandon, how, uh, how, uh, the falling ratio with one wheeling. Um, you definitely don't take as many slams as skating, depending on how you're riding, but what you do a lot is roll your ankles, get a lot of oh, ankles. Wow. Cause you come off your board in weird ways sometimes like with certain amounts of momentum and like I've ro- I roll my ankles like crazy Elijah rolls his ankles a lot um yeah. and so I want to like have a shoe with really good ankle support and guards for the heels and kind of like make make a specific shoe that's made for one wheeling and one wheelers it'll be like skate inspired as far as the aesthetics and like we'll probably have like a bulk sole and everything similar to like you know Kyle Walker Vans shoes or something like that um but that's something I want to work on with the kicks. Um, and then uh, let's see what else we got coming along. Um, about to get a truck. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm, about to, I'm about to sell my van, get a truck, rig that thing out all crazy. I want to get like a solar panel on top of it. Something I want to figure out for the one wheel community is a one wheel solar system. Um, and that'll it's gonna be something I want to like sell on my website where it's like a specific panel and the whole setup. You just like follow the links and um, you can buy all the stuff and I'd probably get like the affiliate commissioning off that or whatever, but um, where it's like, it'll be able to work with most cars. Like if you got a minivan or you got a truck or whatever, freaking solar panel on the roof that wires into a little battery bank on the side so you can charge one wheels in your car. Um, Cause if there was something like that, I'd buy it. You know, yeah. just like a pre-made little kit is something I want to figure out because uh, something I, I'm trying to push for, one of the reasons I have the Suron and the one wheel and something that us Flux Movement are really trying to do is sustainability, like pushing towards sustainability. And while nice. electric transport is sustainable, a lot of the ways that we get that electricity isn't sustainable. Yeah. Um, you know, like fossil fuels and stuff like that is where most of our electricity comes from. So. I want to I want to try to do whatever I can to kind of push solar power and the accessibility of solar power, um, and I want to figure out uh, a solar system. I'm I'm about to move from a townhome to a, a real house pretty soon here, and so I'm going to figure out a solar system where all my electronic vehicles charge via solar. Um, so that's kind of one of my plans with the with the car rig kit. That's awesome. That's amazing, dude. That's, that's incredible, awesome. dude. Yeah, so that's kind of some of them. Like, I'm the thing about me is I'm highly passionate and highly ADHD. I have like super gnarly, like n- nearly crippling ADHD. Like it's intense. So I I hop from one thing to another constantly. So like, 
my projects kind of pop up and I work on them, get them done and other projects kind of pop up and I kind of just like certain projects I'll start on. I'm like, oh, this isn't really like that worth it. So those are kind of the main ones that I'm for sure doing right now, but there's a bunch of weird little in-between stuff. Like <laughs> one of the things that I, I'm getting started right now, actually I just thought of this is uh, my buddy, Elijah, who came and waved. He's my best friend. We've been friends since like sixth grade. We live together, we work together. Um, and we're trying to start like a little brand together called B&E and uh, nice. where it's just kind of our stuff. Cause I've like personally branded myself a lot over the years with like the color and the logos and like everything I do. And so we're trying to kind of start a thing between us. Um, so it's not like Bodie and Elijah. It's like B and E is like what we're going yeah. for. So one of Breaking the ways. Breaking and entering. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we love about it is it is like it stands for Bodie and Elijah and breaking and entering. Um, <laughs> but we are going to get started with that. Um, and the main goal for us with that is similar to like a lot of my goals, which is to just elevate whatever we're a part of and just mm -hmm. stoke people out in the community and everything. Because Elijah and I are very uh loving people like we really like to love on people and get to know people and help support people any way we can so we're starting our b e thing off with what we're calling b e banger reel mm -hmm. which is going to be a combination of a youtube channel and an instagram page where one of the main things we're going to do is react to people's edits awesome. so We'll have people, we, we have one filmed that I'm, I've, I've almost done editing, which will be our first one. That's a little rough because um, we haven't done stuff like that together before. Um, but it's going to be a place uh, that video series will just be us like reacting to people's edits. We play it through, we stop it, we talk about it. And I'm like, I, I, I really want to get into kind of like the technical stuff so that people can watch me watch edits and see how I break them down and like pause tricks and be like, see that right there. And this goes back to what we were, we were talking about earlier, where I'll be like, that right there is really fucking hard. And I'll yeah, pop dude. and like break it down. And I'm like, so with that, you have to do this. Or like, he probably had to do that. And I'm assuming this kind of went down. And I know you have to go here to set up for that. And just like kind of breaking down other people's edits. Um, and that, <clears throat> and there's a few different reasons we want to do this. One of the reasons is to um, support other riders and have them see, have their videos seen and have them, yeah. Um, have their videos reacted to and another reason is we're trying to get like we're trying to create kind of like a hub for one wheel content um mm -hmm. because a lot of i've seen a bunch of these like instagram pages and youtube pages pop up over the years where it's like yo we're gonna be bringing you the one wheel news and like these are gonna be all the highlights of one wheeling and then they like post a couple things and fall off so we're trying to kind of create a place where you go to this one spot, you can find a bunch of really cool content and it's an opportunity for people to like, instead of working super hard and posting your video on your personal page. And if you're not slaving over social media and have this huge following, not a lot of people see it, but you put tons of time and passion into that video, you bring it to us. We post it on our platform. We either react to it or just post it and it gets to be seen by more people. Um, <clears throat> Cause for me, like there's been so many videos in my life where I worked hours and hours and hours and took brutal slams and yeah. fucking just slaved over these projects and it's on my youtube it gets like 300 views and yeah. i'm like i'm like oh that's cool like 300 people that's a lot of people i appreciate that but like it'd be kind of cool if a little more people saw this for the work i put into it so um yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're getting started with it and so like the instagram side will just be like us reposting people's clips and stuff like that and then the youtube will be like us posting edits and reacting to edits and stuff so that's um a little project another little project we got we got in the pipeline right now Love it, dude. That's super sick. It's like a, it's like a, 
video part directors series video part directors yeah, cut. Like the director's cut yeah yeah that's totally. super sick man i think uh i think first of all the coaching thing is really awesome uh, i i think uh the, re the relation to our name is really awesome i i think it's it's uh it's one that i've definitely thought about a lot and after after actually traveling to india and stuff and just being surrounded by constant bodhisattva stuff everywhere it's uh it's one of those ones where you yeah you start to question what what your place is and what, what meanings of certain things are and i think that's really cool that you've you've dove in, into that and you're wanting to help some people out um i think filming for your second part can't wait for that dude i think that's for gonna sure. be super sick um the, the series with elijah sounds absolutely amazing by the way let him know as well I, i'm pretty sure he had a part in the video as well didn't he yep yeah let him know his part was awesome as well, dude. Like, please tell him from us. We, we absolutely loved it and he, he absolutely killed it. Um, I think, dude, you have got so much in line of being a good person, having the right morals, wanting the good, uh, like a good direction for your sport, for your people, um, for your team, you know, for your buddies. Um, it, it's so funny, dude. I, I resonate with so much of it because, you know, we're trying to do a similar thing with, with this podcast. And I have buddies who I'm like, hey, man, we're doing this project. I'd like come and be a part of this. Like, let me help you out. Like, let's work together. And I think it, it, it's something that, yeah, it's, it's great to work with people that are close to you, especially um, on something that you that you love together. So I think that's absolutely amazing. man. I think you're I think you're absolutely killing it. <laughs> And well, it's all about spreading the stoke. Like that's, that's literally my, I've, I, I fall into the class like of, of Christian per se. Um, I was mm -hmm. raised Unitarian, so I, I, I get down with everything. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I've come to believe, you know, in, in Jesus and his story. And, um, mm -hmm. and I feel like we all, we all have a calling from God or from the universe, whatever you want to call it. You don't need to put a label on it, but that energy that creates all that is, you know, just the, the liveliness of the world um, gives us each a calling. And I think my calling is to love people and let people know that they're heard. And that's like, yeah. I've realized that over the last couple of years is like, that's essentially all things aside, that is my calling. So for me, everything I do is just to spread Stoke and just to like, elevate every single person i possibly can and then make everything as best as it can be because the world's full of a lot of assholes yeah dude the world's literally you just know, full of assholes and people get into things and do things and they keep it for themselves you know i think that's a big thing with skateboarding is like pro skaters they figure out tricks and do tricks and that's their thing that's what makes them unique that they're able to do that you're not able to do that people like learn things and create things and do things and then they just hold it in they're like this is mine and my, my goal is to just spread the stoke. Everything I learned, let me, let me teach it to you. Like everything I figure out, let me give that to you. Like, let me make this video to help you get inspired. And I think yeah. that's kind of uh, my, my drive is to just like at the end of every video, every full life video, there's this little thing that, that pops up where I'm like, are you stoked to go ride? I'm stoked to go ride. I'm gonna go ride. Cause that's just literally all, all it's about. Like all I really care about is just stoke, getting stoked and spreading the stoke with people. And, yeah. and uh, Dude, it's for sure dude what i see in the world there i mean from certainly from our perspective and and from just the little time we spent with you it is it's super um like it's refreshing and it's also rare to see someone that is you know morally based but also like strong enough to come out and just talk about stuff that's important to you like sometimes people just keep their head down they're just like you know i'm good i'll just do you know i'll be a good person but 
and they kind of keep their head down. But you're um, no, you've been really refreshing in how you've just come out and just talked about how it is, dude. And, uh, and that's really, I think, going to resonate with a lot of people that watch this. So thank you so much for yeah, man, for um, being real, bro, for being authentic. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot, guys. That means the world. Uh, no, dude, and and uh, I'll, I'll echo this before before I say a couple of things. Uh, I'll echo what Tom said and just say it's been an honor chatting to you, man. Like it, it, it's really been uh, an honor to speak to a pioneer within one wheeling, as, as well as also just yourself as a whole. You, you've been super humble. You've been great to chat to. We we uh, we were always um, nervous about uh, new guests when we get them on because we never know what someone's going to be like, what they're going to want to talk about, and how they're going to feel with me and Tom and. Um, it's been really great chatting to you, man. I, I was going to say, um, if you want, man, um, shout out, let, let people know where they can find you. So uh, where on YouTube, what's your, what's your show on Instagram? Let, let, let everyone know what's going on. We got a good few people watching, loads of people saying that they really appreciate you, that you're super, super inspiring. There's a 17-year-old filmmaker called Luke in here who's hey. been going off this whole stream. He <laughs> absolutely loves you and really appreciates all that you do, man. Like, so shout out some stuff man let some people know. yeah well uh i got lucky i got a unique name so i just use my name for all my social media so my youtube my instagram um that's really like most of the places i am i don't do a lot of twitter or facebook or most most of that stuff so if you want to come find me come see what i'm working on what i'm making it's all on my youtube my instagram which is at uh bodie harrison b-o-d-h-i-h-a-r-r-i-s-o-n um that's my instagram my youtube i'm also the marketing director of the float life so all all the float life content all comes through me um so if you want to check out what we're doing over there that's the float dot life on instagram or the float life on youtube um and then as well as flux movement i do all the video work for flux movement uh you can check them out on instagram and youtube uh at flux movement but there's no vowels in movement it's mvmnt um, so those are the two companies that a lot of my work gets, gets put out through, but all my personal stuff is at Bodie Harrison. So come check me out. That's actually my Snapchat too. I don't really give that out much. You know, these like the humble <laughs> podcast, you kind of Snapchat me, you know, at Bodie Harrison, that's what's up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's where all my stuff comes from. And if you guys want to come visit me and come ride and have some fun, I'm in Sacramento, California. So if anyone's Amazing. ever up north and wants to come out on a trip, hit me up. Let's link up and have some fun. Incredible. Um, so obviously, guys, um, we've been homie and the dude. This has been Bodie Harrison. This has been episode 30, guys. We're, we are one, we're two episodes away from ending season uh, one, guys. It's been an absolute banger to hit episode 30 on. I must admit, this has been a banger. Um, for us, guys, you know what it is. Hit us with the Holy Trinity. We like a little share. Share one of our podcasts on any of your social media. You never know who's going to like it. You never know who on your timeline will appreciate um, what we do. So share us out on your social medias, then hit us with a subscribe on YouTube and the like and follow on Facebook. All of that allow us to continue having amazing guests like Bodie, allow us to be here for hours of our time and, uh, and do this for you guys. So thank you everyone who watched. Thanks all the people in the chat who've been spamming uh, links to Bodie's uh, YouTube and his Instagram as, as it's now coming up. Um, <laughs> guys, it's an absolute pleasure to have all of you. Um, we've been homie and the dude, episode 30, my dude, right. We'll end off this live. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Thanks Bodie. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff, you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking 
following the page and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.